if there's one thing I've learned doing this podcast, it's that every sport has a world championship, and it seems like there's a world championship happening every month. Hi again, it's David, and today we're covering one of the biggest sports in the world. With me, as always, is the Michael Jordan to my Scottie Pippen, my good friend Bobby. That's right, we're talking about basketball, more specifically the 2023 FIBA Basketball World Cup, which I believe is like the proper title, like even though FIBA is like, you know, the, we'll get to it, but the International Federation of Basketball. I think they restate basketball in the title. Yeah, I guess naming inconsistencies, whatever, whatever. I want to say I'm honored to be the Michael Jordan in this relationship. Uh, (laughs) And if you can tell by my nose being a little stuffed up, I'm I'm playing the finals here a little sick like he did. Yeah, yeah, you got (laughs) the flu game. Hopefully not a flu, though. Just 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 sniffles. Yeah, yeah, not not the flu. Just stuff. (laughs) Yeah, uh, I feel like this is one of those events that like, at least for Americans, it's kind of put on the back burner. And I think later when we get on talking about the teams, you can kind of see by who we send that like this is kind of like a, you know, a consolation prize to if we win, you know, it's it, or like, you know, it's it's something that doesn't matter too much to us. But it seems like a big deal around the world. I feel like a lot of people are fielding really good rosters of, you know, over in Europe and other other parts of the world. Yeah, it seems like here in the US at least, we value the Olympics more for basketball. I mean, that's next year. We, we got less than a year until the Olympics. So we'll see what roster they turn out there. Ideally, winning this and the Olympics would be great. Just put the U.S. dominance everywhere. No matter what team we field, we're the number one. That's right. That's right. So I think the audience as a whole is pretty familiar with basketball as a sport. I think one day I'd love to do an episode where we talk about you know the evolution of the sport. I think it's one of the few sports you can kind of see evident and intentional change over its lifetime. Stuff like, you know, adding the three-point line, you know, a shot clock, intentional fouls going to the free throw line. If that sounds interesting, please let us know. Maybe we'll do it. Maybe we'll slot it in sooner rather than later, perhaps before the the restart of the NBA season this year. But let's dive into the World Cup and do a brief look into its history. Then we can cover the event itself. So the first edition of this tournament was in 1950. And from 1950 to 2010, it was known as the FIBA World Championship. FIBA, of course, stands for... Federación Internacional de Basketball, or if you were to you know do the translated in English, uh, International Basketball Federation. The current champions are Spain, who defeated Argentina in 2019. The winners received the uh, Naismith Trophy. Some of you may remember the creator of basketball was James Naismith, so it's named in his honor. This trophy was first given out in 1967. It has gone through two redesigns. The current version of the trophy was first awarded at the last World Cup in 2019. So below I have the pictures of the three different Naismith trophies. And uh, the new trophy is much bigger than you would guess by looking at the previous photos. Especially like the original one. That's tiny. Uh, That's from 1994, I believe. Or 1992. Yeah, I mean, it looks nice in each picture. But yeah, looking at the hands of basketball players have big hands. And they take up like half the trophy just holding it up. And uh, it got progressively bigger. Yeah, yeah. And then it, I, it's like to scale in like the next picture below where it's Spain holding the trophy from last year. It, yeah, just just massive now. I feel like it's like increased in size a, a decent bit. So this edition of the FIBA Basketball World Cup will be the 19th edition. So naturally, that means there have been 18 previous winners. Bobby, are you ready <laughs> to guess <laughs> the six countries who have won the World Championship slash World Cup? I'll be generous. Uh, I'll tell you two of the six countries no longer exist. Right. So... Kind of covered this last time when we did Latvia, but I know that the Soviet Union and Yugoslavia, they're the two that don't exist. Yes, that's correct. And then you said Spain, so that's three. 
mm-hmm. the United States. So that's four. Mm-hmm. Yep. And yep. I remember this. Argentina won one, right? That's correct. Yeah, that's correct. France? Is that the sixth? Seems logical. Uh, the sixth the sixth is Brazil. Oh man. Okay. Do you know when that was? Because I feel like that can't be recent, right? <laughs> so Brazil won back to back in 1959 and 1963 yes it was a long time ago okay but but still back to back back to back champions and they're still a relevant team it's just i don't view them as being the elite level that's pushing like the the top european nations here but i mean good for them yeah so the u.s has won five total yugoslavia had five or still has i guess the soviet union has three and then brazil and spain have two each and of course you said argentina who won the very first one has one so decent bit of spread i think like in terms of points like if you were to count out like medals i think we're in the lead by only like two i think yugoslavia has like 10 total we have 12 um but they don't exist anymore so that gap is only going to widen ha take that (laughs) (laughs) but it's funny like a lot of the former yugoslavia nations are competing here now separately which just shows how strong they were taking from all of those Yugoslav republics. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So the Philippines, Japan, and Indonesia are hosting this edition. The tournament will have five different venues, and we're going to try to not mess these up too much. So the Galora Bung Karno Sports Arena in Jakarta, Indonesia, the Okinawa Arena in, you guessed it, Okinawa, Japan. The Philippines will host the majority of the tournament as they have three cities. The first venue is the Mall of Asia Arena in Passe, the Araneta Coliseum in Quezon City, and the Philippine Arena in Bacal, Bulacan. So all of these cities are in the greater Manila area, so Manila is seen as one of the three host cities along with Okinawa and Jakarta. So I have some 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 images of the venues for you, Bobby. Um, I don't know. There's a, One of these venues is not like the other. <laughs> yeah, so... I was doing a little bit of research beforehand, just going through all the teams. And yeah, the Philippine Arena is a 55,000-seater, which doesn't sound right. Like, that's too big for basketball. Yeah, it it doesn't... Something's off with that number, I think. The other venues are in a more normal... <laughs> I guess, like, they're similar to each other with, like, 15,000, 16,000, and then Okinawa Arena is the smallest with 10,000. But I think the Mall of Asia Arena is actually going to be the one hosting the final game. Yeah, I mean, looking at pictures of the inside of basketball stadiums, they all look kind of the same because it's a basketball court with, you know, what, three tiers of seating and the big jumbotron in the center. It's not like baseball or soccer where the the layouts can differ. Well, especially in baseball, but I don't know. Outdoor arenas, they have a different design. Basketball, it's a wooden court. (laughs) <laughs> it's gonna look similar everywhere you go <laughs> it's a wooden court with pretty standard uh dimensions and you have two goals yeah and then the jumbotron in the middle typically yeah and then just seats all around no, nothing too too fancy look what i want what i want to know what are the concessions like are the bathrooms clean that's what separates the basketball arenas for me <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I hope uh, hope it's only good things. I hope uh, it, it's a positive experience for everyone involved with those amenities. Needless to say, 
I, I do not have the reports on uh, all these stadium, stadiums ranked in terms of concession offerings slash hygiene in the, in the restrooms, but I'm sure they'll be taken well care of. After all, it is the, the World Cup, so it's, it's, it's a big deal. So getting into kind of the tournament itself, there are 32 teams divided up into eight groups. So this is how kind of the format works. It's kind of complicated if you don't, uh, if you're not familiar with this tournament. The top two from each group will advance to the second group stage, which consists of four groups with four teams in each group. So it's similar to the first round, but the results from the first round carry over into the second round. And then these teams will play the other two teams in the group that they haven't played yet. So for example, in group I, which is the first second round group, the top two teams from group A and B enter, and the games are number one seeded A versus number two seeded B, number two seeded A versus number one seeded B, number one seeded A versus number one seeded B, and number two seeded A versus number two seeded B. So you don't play each other again. It's kind of a more expedited thing. Uh, I don't know how I feel about this format. It, it seems like you could just be out of luck if someone just like smashes someone in their group. It is a very interesting format, I'll say. Yeah, yeah. So realistically, right, we'll use examples here. So Group A and Group B will say Italy and the Dominican Republic advance from Group A. Serbia and South Sudan advance from Group B. Then, uh, yeah, Serbia and South Sudan, they're in the same group. So they don't play each other again. But like one of those two teams dominated against the other one during the, the first group stage. I, I see what you mean. Yeah, like let's say you split games in Group A. Like, so you were like your two wins, one loss, but you both advance. And then, you know, let's say Group B, you know, one's three, three went 3 0, and someone went maybe, you know, 2 1 or whatever. I don't know. It, Destiny is in your own hands, but it does seem like, you know, that the team from Group B with a 3 0 record is going to have a much easier time qualifying, and there's nothing you can do about it. You didn't play those teams. I don't know. It's, it's interesting. I'm sure. People have done the work to prove that it's a good format, you know, not, <laughs> uh, you know, not um, unfair, at least not completely unfair. So, you know, I'll trust the analyst and data scientist that maybe came up with the format. But anyway, the top two teams from these groups go into a knockout stage and there are extra group stages to determine seating for the teams that didn't qualify in the first group stage as well. So in total, there are 16 groups for the entire tournament. And the knockout stage will also have a 7th, 5th, and 3rd place match. So it's a ton of games. Yeah. Basically, if you lose, you're not done. You just got to keep playing consolation games to determine exactly what spot you finish in. That's that's right. They rank you all the way you know, to 232. You, you get a placement. I don't know how I would feel about that if I was in the, <laughs> in the games that quote-unquote don't matter. I guess you, this is a good time to give people experience. You know, if you are fielding a team and your national team is probably, you know, for the Olympics is very similar to this. Probably a good time to get some reps in for your younger guys. And I didn't even look into this, but I'm sure there's Olympic implications for this tournament. Yeah, yeah. let's look into that real quick and we'll stitch it together. So it turns out that the FIBA World Cup does have Olympic implications. So they'll be giving out seven free bursts to teams who finish at the top in their region. So for example, if you're the, the best team in Asia, Africa, or Oceania, you will get an Olympic berth from this tournament. And then I think two from the Americas and uh, Europe will also receive an Olympic berth. So there are uh, Olympic implications. So maybe you care a little bit more in the consolation matches <laughs> if you're, you know, a team and everyone's been knocked out, you know, in the 
in the first stage, um, it's still very important to see where you finish. Yeah, so Oceania getting a spot. It's really just Australia and New Zealand here, so I hate to break it to New Zealand, but it's probably going to be Australia. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, yeah, I guess New Zealand is in the... the, We'll get to it, but the New Zealand is in the group with the United States, which feels unfortunate. (laughs) Um, Australia has a tough group, too, but we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah, so... Let's go. We'll go over the first group stage. We'll talk about the teams, games that are set, games we know are going to happen, teams we know will be facing each other. In Group A, we have Angola, the Dominican Republic, the Philippines, and Italy. Right. So, first off, not a lot of the biggest stars from the NBA are going to be playing in this tournament. You can look at the U.S. roster and you know, oh, that's just like a young, very promising squad, but it's none of the superstars that you're accustomed to. And a lot of the... Other teams from elsewhere in the world, yeah, like you know them for having one or two good NBA players, but a lot of them are either just sitting out or they're out injured. Uh, One exception, though, is the Dominican Republic have Carl Anthony Towns, former first overall pick, plays as a center for the Minnesota Timberwolves. He's going to be a big part of Dominican Republic's chances here. So seems like the logical picks here is that the Dominican Republic and Italy are the two strongest but Philippines is the host, so you never know. They got that home field advantage. That's true. I mean, just look at the Women's World Cup. I would not have picked Australia to go that far, but they did. They did really well. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, that home field advantage is real. Yeah, I, when I saw Carl Anthony Towns was on the, the, the DR team, I was like, ooh. Because, <laughs> like, I feel like big, big men can definitely, like, impact an offense pretty significantly. Like, you know, like, they... Like, yeah, if you're like a Steph Curry, sure. Yeah, shoot your threes, make your points. But I mean, like in basketball where you don't have as many like stars, you know, you just go down, go down, throw it to the throw it to the big guy and have put it in the basket and just do it over and over and over again. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's who I'm expecting to top the group. I think all the teams have a and NBA player. It's just some that most people would not be familiar with, including myself. And I think you. Yeah, yeah. Because we look through all the rosters and it seems like just about every team in this tournament has like that one guy playing in the United States. Whether or not you know them is another question. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that, I, it'll be an interesting group. We'll see if the Philippines can shake it up on home, on home soil. And Hey, Angola, they're one of the better teams from Africa. They're regulars at this tournament. This is their ninth appearance. So they're not an inexperienced team. We'll put it that way. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? Sports are sports are crazy. Could be crazy results to start out with uh, Group A. So next we'll move on to Group B, which is uh, South Sudan, Serbia, China, and uh, Puerto Rico. Yeah. So Serbia, you'd expect them to top this group, possibly go you know three and O here and set them up really well for the second round. But they're not going to have uh, no Joker on this roster, man. They have the very similar sounding Nikola Jovic, but not Jokic. It seems like uh, Jokic kind of sees basketball as like a, a necessary evil for his life. <laughs> for his life. It seems like, uh, you know, whenever he can avoid playing basketball, he takes that opportunity. I'm sure Serbia will, will miss him, but I don't think they're lacking in terms of talent, uh, at least for this part of the tournament. Yeah, yeah, they should coast through this. I mean, Puerto Rico, they're regulars from the Americas. I know that much. China, you can never count out. They're one of the bigger basketball nations in asia and also you know a billion plus people there it'll put out something decent and then south sudan i didn't know much about them i mean no most people don't know about this country because it is 
the youngest country on earth that is part of the United Nations. But this is their debut. They're one to watch. A lot of basketball writers are putting them as a dark horse in this group. And they have a 16-year-old on their roster named Kaman Maluak. Hope I pronounced that right. But he's in the NBA Africa Academy. 16 years old, man. Yeah, that's crazy. Looks like potentially big things are coming for him. We'll, we'll see. We'll have to keep an eye out on him. Yeah, I think um, I'd be very surprised if we didn't see Serbia top the group. And yeah, I don't know how good the Chinese and Puerto Rican teams are. Another situation of, you know, me not, I'm not the biggest basketball fan for the NBA. I definitely like college basketball more, but not many names I was too familiar with on the, on the roster. Yeah. And I think that's just also this group. There isn't a clear second favorite to advance. So that's why they're saying South Sudan could be that surprise team. I'm all for it. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I love dark horses in general, but you know, just any kind of, any kind of shakeup is always good. Next group is group C. This is the United States groups. They have Jordan, Greece, and New Zealand with them along for the ride. I would think the U.S. tops the group. Uh, What do you think? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. They're going into this tournament playing pretty well. Like we said, it is a young roster. There's nobody over the age of 30, but they're coached by Steve Kerr of the Golden State Warriors. And... It's a lot of young talent that's really exciting. Like Anthony Edwards, he was the first overall draft pick in 2020. He played super well in the warm-up games prior to the tournament. Yeah, you'd expect them to top this group, especially because Greece, like Giannis, is not playing for Greece. His little brother is, or actually, is it It might be his older brother. I always get them confused. He's got like four brothers. But uh, Greece is, I think, expected to be second best, even without having your star player there. New Zealand and Jordan don't know too much about them, to be honest. I know they're not super weak, but would they be able to topple with you know one of the best teams in Europe and probably the best team in the world? Yeah, it's um, going to be a tough group for uh, New Zealand and Jordan, you'd expect. I feel like basketball is one of those sports on the national stage where it's so much is expected of the United States <laughs> just because it's our sport. So sometimes those expectations are you know too much or... Uh, sometimes you get a big head, so uh, we'll have to see if anything comes of this. But it should be fun. Next up is Group D with Egypt, Mexico, uh, Montenegro, and Lithuania. Right, so this is a group that I don't know too much about any of these teams in terms of international expectations. I expect Lithuania and Montenegro to be the two to advance. But, I mean, Mexico? Throw them into the mix? I think Egypt is on the weaker side, but... uh. I'll be honest, I don't expect any of these teams to go particularly far. Yeah, I think um, if you're in this group, you know, any of these teams in this group, you got to feel like it's a good opportunity for you to kind of make or, you know, advance to the second round of group stage. You know, we mentioned um, Azulis uh, Tabellis on the NCAA, like International Stars episode. Uh, yeah, he is yeah. on Lithuania's roster. Good opportunity for him. I think he is with the 76ers, but I I assume he's still in G League or because he would have just been drafted. Yeah, I actually I don't think he did get drafted. He might have been an unsigned. OK, that would make sense. But still, still, uh, still in his um beginnings of his potential NBA career. Right, right. I mean, he was a really good player at Arizona in college and they had a lot of good international players on that team. So, yeah, I mean, Lithuania, they've always had a quality team it's just i don't know many of them by name 
I, I think they have uh, Jonas Valanciunas on their roster as well. Is, like the, yeah, they do. They do. Yep. Yeah. So I know of some of the players. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll have to see. It seems to be a fun group to watch just because, you know, there's a lot of question marks. Next up is Group E. This group has Germany, Finland, Australia, and Japan. I think the powerhouse is probably Australia. Yeah, so Australia, looking at the roster, like it's going to have a lot of NBA players. Most of the people are based in the U.S. But this one is touted as a potential group of death. Germany, they've been playing really well lately in the warm-up games to this tournament. Finland, I don't associate them with basketball, but they have Lowry Markkinen on their team who made an all-star team for the NBA this past year. He was the most improved player in the NBA. He won the award for that. So can't write them off. And Japan, yeah, they're the probably the lowest ranked team in this group, but they're not terrible. Like they're not a fourth seed that you're expecting to just get punched around. They can hold their weight. So this will be an exciting one. I feel like um, Australia should top it, but um, I don't know. It's tough. I feel like if you're them and you know you're in a group of death situation with Germany playing really well and Finland having, you know, a star like uh, Markkinen, kind of hope for a team that you can just have like an easy match with. And I feel like Japan in any sport is like scrappy and, you know, good enough to, to beat anyone. Yeah, I agree with that. Like any sport where Japan, that's not even viewed as one of their huge sports that they're known for. They're just always hanging with you. So yeah, it, it'll be a tough group, but like you said, Australia should still be the best team here. They're going to be expecting to potentially push to the semifinals. Yeah, and I expect Japan will be playing their games. I imagine this group will be playing out in Japan. I'm assuming it was set up to where they, they're playing at home. So you never know. Right, home field, home court advantage. You know you, you know how the wind plays in the stadium. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know which... Uh... You know which which way the 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 court's angled. You know the, the you know all the little things where the dead spots are. You know, <laughs> oh, right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah. So next up is Group F. This group has Slovenia, Cape Verde, Georgia, and Venezuela. Right. So we said that there weren't too many NBA superstars in this, but Luka Doncic is playing for Slovenia, and I think by default he is the best player at this tournament. They're going to be pushing for the semifinals. I think they had their best ever Olympic finish last go. So, I mean, the team around him is also quite good. He just elevates it to a different level. And then Georgia and Cape Verde, this is their debut at the World Cup. And Venezuela, from what I could tell, had a very young squad. So I think it's really open as to who finishes second here. Again, don't know too many of the players outside of the Slovenia roster. So, yeah. Someone's got to take second. Yeah, I feel like if you're Slovenia, like you're pretty happy with this draw. Not to say that, you know, these teams can't compete. It's just, you know, if you had to have a draw, you know, you want these teams that are kind of new to the scene, you know, maybe there's jitters or the issue of just not being there, being a big part of your success. And then just kind of go through this group, get your wins, and then get ready for the second half and get to get to, to bracket stage. Right. In Slovenia's case, they'd be going up against the top two teams from Group E, who we just established as a very tough group. So if they come out here 3-0, and then they're in pretty good shape to go even further. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that is definitely what they've got their eyes set on. And yeah, with, with Luka, I mean, I think by far the best player at this tournament, I guess, in terms of just what they've accomplished in their career. 
Yeah, and a pretty short time too. Still very young. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Um, the next group is Group G, who has Iran, Spain, the Ivory Coast, or as I like to call it, the Cote, Cote d'Ivoire and yep, uh, yep. Brazil. <laughs> so I think if there were a two-team group in this tournament, it's probably this one with Spain and Brazil being the clear one and two. From what I've read, most people are viewing Ivory Coast as the biggest underdogs in this tournament, probably the the lowest. I don't know if they're actually the lowest ranked, but the toughest test going with Spain, who are the reigning champions, and then Brazil, who always feel the be- probably the best or second best team in South America. And then Iran, it's more the same thing. Just good luck. Try to beat one of those two big dogs because you need to do that to advance. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be tough. You have to beat Ivory Coast, which sounds like it's not going to be an easy task anyway. And then you have to take down one of the big boys. Crazier things have happened. Best of luck. Yeah, I feel like if you're Spain, you know, after winning the the World Cup last year, qualifying is the bare minimum. <laughs> you know, like I feel like anytime you win the the whole thing, it's like, all right, we got to get to bracket stage again. Ideally, we're top four, you know? Yeah, that should be their goal. Realistically, they should get to the semifinals. But the way that the draw has worked out with Group H being their partner for the second round of this, it's also going to be tough. So we'll get to them right now. That's right. right. Group H is Canada, Latvia, Lebanon, and France. So if Group E was not the group of death, this is definitely the group of death because France and Canada are both really stacked. France have a very experienced roster, a lot of NBA veterans that even the casual fan would probably recognize, like Rudy Gobert is still there. Um, Nicholas Batum, I think, is on the team as well. And Canada also have a loaded NBA roster. And it's not superstars, but you're going to recognize just about everyone on that team. Latvia, I'm sad about this. I didn't know Kristaps Porzingis was out injured for this tournament. So they're going to be without their star man. But we list, we covered them last week. Go give Latvia a listen, hint hint. And and Lebanon, I guess they're the they're the odd team out in a group of death. You got to beat two of these teams. Can you can you do that? I don't know. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be tough. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, the names that kind of stick out to me on the Canadian roster, you know, R.J. Barrett is probably the biggest one. Oh, yeah, Duke, Duke alum. Yeah, yeah. I feel like <laughs> growing up in North Carolina, like I lock on to those names like really easily. And they may not even be that good of players in the NBA, but I know who they are. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yeah. In the United States, they have Brandon Ingram, who's also Duke alum. Yeah, yeah. I remember seeing that as well. So. It's not Coach K's team anymore, but it does feel, you know, like <laughs> like at least a little bit. Yeah, I think France and Canada probably take this group, but best thing about group stage is you play everyone once, and it only takes, you know, one win to, to shake it up. And I think we can have two groups of death. I think that's allowed, you know? I think we can, uh, you know, I don't think we necessarily have to, to label one or the other. Yeah, I mean, these this one in Group E very much... When you have three teams who could realistically advance out of it, and as long as you don't have a complete punching bag as the four seed, then yeah, you can call it a group of death. So both groups fit that criteria to me. Yeah, so in total, there will be 92 games over 18 days of competition. And I counted these by hand <laughs> because it's you can't see like the whole skit. It's like you have to, you know, there's going to be, I guess, six games in each group, original group stage. And then it's like four in each of the other groups. And then, the, you know, the bracket stage plays out. Yeah. So 92 games, 18 days. That's insane. 
how <laughs> you know how you think about all the airtime. <laughs> right. Well, that's why they got three different countries hosting games initially. So you got it spread out a little bit. I don't know if there's much of a difference in time zone there, though. Yeah, so from what we can tell from the time zones in Asia, which seem very complicated, it looks like at most a two-hour time difference between the, the venues, which is not terrible. It's like, you know, flying to, if you're a New York team playing the Denver Broncos, two-hour time difference. It's it's nothing at all. At, at most, you know, you just wake up a little bit later than you normally would. But... Uh, yeah, so it'll be a, a lot of coverage, a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of games to watch. Um, the first game will take place on August twenty fifth. That's tomorrow in real yes. life. And by the time we post it, it would be today. <laughs> and the tournament will conclude on September tenth. If you are in the U.S., you can watch all of the action, every single game on ESPN Plus, ESPN Two, which is a channel, will have all of Team USA's games alongside. One quarterfinal game, one semifinal game, and then the final game. They'll air those on TV. And because there are so many countries involved, and I found a website with so many different countries explaining their coverage rights, we will have a link in the show notes discussing streaming rights for a bunch of other countries. There's also an option if you aren't included via courtside 1891. I am not familiar with that at all. It sounds like you have to pay. But if, you know, if you're into that, maybe you know uh, if you want to catch the games, I think they will have all the games through their service. Should be a fun time watching these games. I'll probably catch a couple. Yeah, I mean, I have ESPN Plus, so that makes it easy. And I can just watch on my phone. And basketball's not too long of a game. Yeah, yeah, not not too bad at all. It's definitely not like, you know, baseball used to be, you know, where it's better now. But what it used to be, where you're like, this could be, this could be five hours. <laughs> this could be four hours, you know, three and a half right. hours. I feel like basketball's pretty compact. And with all those games, you gotta, you gotta get them out. You know, you gotta get them in the arena, get them out. So... Tune into the 2023 FIBA Basketball World Cup if that interests you. Uh, but most importantly, tune in next week for a new country profile. Bobby, would you like to give a hint for the next episode? Right. So last week we gave the hint that if you're familiar with time zones, you would know this place. It's in Oceania. It's one of the Pacific Island chains. Another hint is that their native language, man, it's not, they don't have some letters in that alphabet. So the name of this place is not pronounced the way you think it would be. And that should be a dead giveaway if you know any geography out there. Yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm excited. I, I obviously I know, but like, uh, if you were to give me those parameters beforehand, as someone who is not as much of a geography whiz as you, I would have been like, I don't know what you're talking about, puppy. <laughs> well, hey, look at a map, look at time zones, and you'll you'll see if you know, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's it'll be fun. Uh, yeah, so tune in, tune in next week. Uh, find out if you don't know, find out, find out next week. <laughs> Tune into the episode. It, it, it'll be fun. I think there's always something new to, to learn and some surprises that I'm not expecting. And uh, it'll be a good good learning experience for us all. Um, Bobby will fill us in on all the juicy, juicy details. And uh, I guess we'll, we'll wrap it up. Thanks for listening. If you like the podcast, the best thing you can do is to tell other people in your life about the podcast if you think they'd enjoy listening to it. Um, you can also give us a like, a follow, or a subscription on your favorite podcasting platform of choice. We are on most of them. Thanks again for listening. You know, it means the world that you guys tune in. We'll see you next time. I think that's all I have. Anything else for me, Bobby? Nope. I will just say goodbye. Yep. Bye.